0: The Dode Fox Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Paul, he's Ronnie, and a Dundee United roller coaster is bad enough, but you can add Scotland to that now. Sensational stuff at Hamden on Saturday. Our thanks to Andy and Rebecca for being our guests last week. It was always great to have fans on, and if you'd like to be added to our list, then feel free to slide into our DMs. Join the conversation on our socials. We are at Dode Fox Podcast on Facebook,
0: Twitter, and Instagram. Oh, you saucy minx. Coming up on this week's episode, Scotland Review, International Arabs, New Signing, Loan Report, Academy, Lottery, Foundation, Games of Goals, On This Day with the Arab Archive, and our special guests are Tammy Harkin and Danny McGinley from Dundee United Women's Football Club. It's all coming up on episode 116 of the Dode Fox Podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Johnny Russell, and you're listening to the Dode Fox Podcast.
0: So welcome back. To the award winning Dode Fox podcast. Uh, I tell you first right away, I need a new chair. Like, listen to the squeakiness here.
1: It's a bit squeaky, mind is crap as well, but oh you know,
0: we just we blew the budget on the microphone run, so we're gonna hit a Need to sell some of your t-shirts. I think is so. this is right around the corner. Unbelievable. Uh yes, welcome back to the International Break Dode Fox podcast. Uh, I was at the golf again this morning. The less said about that, the better. But mm-hmm. remember that's hit- the deal is I only lost one bar but no uh,
1: well,
0: that's because there's no water on that golf. yeah there is, yeah, there is. Uh, <laughs> I had my fancy new bag that I bought off of Martin Arab for Twitter See, nah. so uh thanks very tidy much tidy looking bag uh, it was bro it's and Black kinda kinda bit it uh, I don't I not put it on a trolley though because I had an absolute nightmare there but anyway um yeah it, it, I was coming back for the golf I was getting dropped off my mate says it's quite hard doing the podcast when United are no playing and I said, Tom, it kind of is. But Scotland have really held our interest over the last couple of international breaks. And I mean, we're also you know, spent hours and hours dissecting the game. But uh, I mean, you were there. I watched it in the house. I was kicking on and moved, especially after five minutes. I couldn't believe what I was watching. But it looked amazing for the TV. What was it like to be there?
1: It was it's class. It was absolutely class. For the journey through, it was. As I said last week, I was heading through with the wee man and Martin and his young lads. And then on the morning, uh, I think there was an issue with the trains, so I got a phone call for the the king of the one-liners, Eunice. He was looking for a a cuddy back through, so he he jumped in the back of the wagon, and it was just a good laugh on route. Uh, got to the game fairly early. We were in the, the seats quite near the quite near the pitch side again, right where the. Chris Boyd, McFadden, Ailey Barber, and I think David Marshall was there as well. Uh, but one of the funny things was Chris Boyd, like they, they obviously, they get a wee bit of makeup on their face. and That's just standard. But Boyd was actually getting something brushed into his head probably to hide that bald spot. That was class. So the day started quite well. And then the Wren came on, which was a bit of a nightmare because we were that close. We were getting soaked. And then obviously the first half, Scotland defended like they'd, they'd never played a game of football in their puff it was just it wasn't the best first half at all
0: yeah i seen quite a quite a few boys miss the first goal which wasn't the worst thing but as soon as the foul happened you just can't I was already worried as soon as it happened and I was, it was on and uh, Claire's been getting in and watching the Scotland games and they've been on because she's getting hyped for it like she, she's Ken's a few players but she was like uh, the boy uh, stuck the bar down and Ed obviously knows because he's played against me a few times and he's lining up the free kick she just goes I bet that prick scores <laughs> uh, well, right. 20 seconds later bang uh, and it went but I didn't realise at the time what's the wad what,
1: Uh I mean poor. it was poor uh, get, I mean, you've, you've got believable. to you've got to give credit to the boy get, get bar but he's at the target close to the top corner it's a good free kick so where are you it was for sh- that compared where's that happened for you um, In the main stand roundabout about in line we the 18 yard line And about three rows For the front So at that goal Yeah uh, oh, At that goal And then he kind of run out us And gave you Gave you the old shh. So, so was he, he was roundly booed He tried to wrap his passer. Well I, I did threaten But I don't think he was fluent With English Or Dundonian I'm sure so somebody he threw a pet at there's a penalty near uh, him. Yeah,
0: the second, the second Israel goal.
1: out uh, because it wasn't the Martin site. though, was it? Let's be honest. I no, but, but like the neighbour listens to this the police on no matter. But uh, like my old man was sitting around about that area, and it would be unusual for him To throw a pie away. But yeah, it did come for his his area. I'll say so. I'm not sure. I'll to double check. <laughs> I think he's still half pushed for the again. <laughs> oh, was he going for it? Why not? <laughs> Why yeah. not?
0: Having having Eunice on a bottle of Goldschläger for the game or
1: something. So. <laughs> I it, there was certainly no drinking in the back of the wagon, uh, but no, Eunice was on top form as always, as always. And there's a, a funny wee story about Eunice because uh, we we'll, we'll got we got speaking about United. Obviously, the cars full of Arabs on route to the game, yeah. and uh, and he was on about the the week leading up to the derby because I was saying I, I really like derbies Martin and Martin Eunice. They're just no further at all. Eunice says that he was. He, he was having dreams through the week about what and he was he was talking in his sleep as well apparently so he got woke up maybe on the Thursday morning before the game or something uh, and his last was like you're talking in your sleep he's like what about he's like we were asking why going to replace Liam Smith at right back and should it be Kieran Freever or not <laughs> and that really gives to Eunice like the lead up to the games yeah. so thankfully that game played it not too bad and last night was equally as good yeah
0: it was just it was so typical of Scotland just the way we do things given yeah. we've played the, I'm sure they said before the game it's the 7th game against them in 3 years so you'd think you can what you're getting but they're a no bad team to be fair they've got some really good players I mean they're skin they're rolling about like whatever and when see when Dyke scored the second goal and then obviously we, I, I get the benefit of the replay so I'm watching it right And Dykes, as he's full high, it's a little bit high, right? But the boy doesn't get touched, looks for the flag, doesn't come, then huds his bus. Should have wrapped his bus. (laughs) No,
1: and I think that's what the ref, like the ref, in in fairness to him, I think he's realised that he's he's made a mistake. Uh, But at the time... I just assumed that's a that's a good old-fashioned Scottish goal, but okay, it's a straight leg and it's up probably about hip height. And usually you're not allowed to do that, but he, there was no intention. It wasn't like a tackle. He was just clearly going for the bar. He got the bar first. The boy never got touched, scored. I was doing the stairs celebrating all three of the stairs that I had to negotiate to get right to the front. It was just class. And then I got back to my set and you're like, wait a minute here was was getting booked because I, I, I'm not even sure why he booked if it was Robertson or Dykes I, I wasn't sure but there was obviously a wee bit of a pause whether we were going to get the goal or no and uh, Martin he was like ah, it's a goal it's a goal I was like how do you care that the ref's not even checked he's like nah I could see you're at the bench they, they, the people on the bench must have seen it and they seemed quite happy about things uh, but by this point the ref hadn't even went over and checked that wee daft mm. and then as soon as he did it was like you to celebrate celebrate again. It was quite good. But uh if that's if that's what VAR's gonna be like, it it's a bit it's gonna stop you if you go and bear's when the bar goes in, because in real time, I saw the no issue with that goal at all, eh? And obviously the ref did. So I uh, we could have had it could have been fifty two thousand we egg on their face jumping a bit like dust celebrating that in. But uh thankfully the right decision was made in my
0: opinion. The the good thing for me is that it might give me time to work out what I actually scored the goal. Dykes <laughs> no at Tana Dice, when VAR comes oh,
1: out. Tana, Ah, well right enough, well, well, right it's, enough.
0: It's, what's going on there um, well what about, what about in the first half the penalty
1: I, I don't think there's anybody in the stadium that actually thought he wasn't going to miss because his penalty against Austria was absolutely honking and he'd just done exactly the same it was I don't know can I, 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 I would take John McGinn on that and I can't it's easy to say after the fact but like he's probably our best player it uh, doesn't mean he's scorers. a penalty taker no, I get that, but I would I would say he's more of a goal scorer than Dykes. However, Dykes has now scored three and three, I think, for Scotland.
0: But have you seen John McGinn's see record? It. Ten and ten him games, or eleven and ten him games for okay, McGinn? Exactly, exactly. That's tremendous, good player. Should, but Dykes should have
1: scored a couple last night. John McGinn could have scored, Ken right at the end. Uh, but the second half performance for Scotland was absolutely superb. It was everything at the first half wasn't it.
0: First half the was like watching get... Mickey Mellon United side. Second half was like watching <laughs> Tom courts, Dandering Army. It was class. <laughs> well, a, a wee bit like that. Eh? But Billy Gilmore, what a player he
1: is. What a player he is. He he's... just In the second half, he just seemed to play about 20 yards further forward than, than where he was. Always looking for the ball. Always, I can no always, but invariably finding a dark blue shirt with a pass. Class. Some player like he's going to be. Uh, the boy Patterson will keep getting dealt for Honk- govern mob that, honk- that he's he's great I think I think he's his strengths are definitely attacking going forward he's no bad defensively he's got a lot to he's learn lost he's lost to the first
0: goal go and repeat what you tell me before we hit record about the two boys playing centre half
1: yes well I, I said to you if if you didn't know anything about football and somebody in the first half I have said to you see that boy McDomney, he plays for my United you would never have believed him. And see the boy next to him, Jack Hendry, he's just been sell for about six, seven million or something. You'd have thought somebody was pulling your leg. But in in fairness to McTomney, he's no defender. No. Like he's a midfielder, but like, how? why do you leave out there to put him in midfield? Uh, and words that I thought nobody would ever say, I think we missed Grant Hanley at the back. Yeah, it's not,
0: another natural centre-half. I think really deep doing what you're trying to say is we missed... Big sexy, really. I mean, big Mulgrew I
1: think Mulgrew probably would have helped to keep a clean sheet. He'd have strolled that for sure. sure. That's just what um, he
0: does. And the best part about it was right at the death, Scott McTominay scoring with his cock. I mean, come on! I don't care how it goes yeah. in. Raptures, raptures. Tap was off. Ahem. It was amazing.
1: It, was, it really was amazing. I, it was kind of even at the game. It was slow motion, and I've watched it back on the on the TV, obviously, and. Then again, it just seems to roll up his whole body and then into the roof of the night. It was unbelievable. What an atmosphere at the stadium! It's weird being in a, in a ground where like 99% of the people are backing the one team, uh, on in such massive numbers like there was, like it was 51 52,000 or something at the game. It was just incredible, eh? And like Leo and Cameron that were there with me and Martin absolutely loved it. When we met back at the car, we we Junis because he was not sitting with us he had smashed glasses and I, I don't know what happened to him at the third goal he probably doesn't care what happened to him at the third goal but it was uh, it was it was just a cracking night eh? and I said to you earlier before we had a cod I couldn't even sleep I, just, I couldn't switch off it I just kept replaying it in my mind and the hell atmosphere the hell, the hell day it was just a good day uh, so uh, it was it was magic and kind of wait until the Pharaohs beat with 1-0 on Tuesday.
0: <laughs> what What's amazing is that it shows you there is the odd time that Hamden can really come alive. Because I think with us, yeah. say this, it's not the best of the stadium, but it sounded tremendous last night.
1: But I think that's because everybody was back in Scotland, the whole stadium. There was a small pocket of Israeli fans just up behind us, but uh, they did not make a sound there. They did not make a peep. So, yeah, when everybody's back in the same team and that it's it can be a allowed, but it's still no it's it's no just atmosphere. It's like I, I was fortunate enough to be at the side of the park on Saturday. If you're stuck behind the goals, you're still miles and miles away for the action. Mate. It's 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 garbage. It's a garbage viewing experience, I think. Uh, so if they can get some plan in order to bring their goals or the stands a wee bit closer to the goals, and maybe turn it into something similar to what Stuttgart done with their stadium. Then I think that would be that would be a bonus. Like, but the infrastructure around the area as well it still still takes an absolute age to get there and to get to get him as well. So there's loads that needs done to improve it. But what? I don't care. Yeah, because it, that was magnificent it, last night.
0: The huge thing is it, it's a it's it's a massive result at a massive moment as well. Given, yeah. you know, we had three games the last time and we were saying before, oh, you can, you'd love to get nine points, but you need to get six or seven or whatever. But to start off there, it's not guaranteed to a second place, but we should be pretty much there. We've got to win on Tuesday. Um, then you would, you would hope there, because the last game's Denmark, isn't it? And you really no not want to need to get anything out of that. <laughs> you would hope. But uh, that's that's going to be a nothing game for
1: Denmark as well. That, that's, that but might it, go in your favour. But, but it is a Hamden. to get is that Hamden yeah Uh, but yeah I mean the the two teams that we've got to play Faroe Islands and Moldova like they're last and second last in the group Moldova actually below the Faroe Islands in the group Uh, anything anything less than six points against them is a massive massive failure Denmark that's going to be a tough game regardless like if, if you lose I tell you what if they defend the way they defended in the first half last night Denmark will scalp them
0: wait, again what you mean as in the way they defended in Denmark in the
1: first half yeah but, but do you not know, think that it's I don't know if it's like Steve Clark being overly cautious but he sets up like m- maybe to try and grow into the game I think where like last night certainly we sat off them the whole first half but I felt Dykes and Shea Adams up front were miles apart the defence looked like complete strangers at just, times. You've just and, mentioned and something um,
0: changed. You mentioned She Adams there. I thought Ryan Christie did really well when he come on for Adams. He just offered mm-hmm. someone a wee bit of different. And yeah, uh, he's a good player. I thought Carl Mcgregor played really well as well. But he, yeah, right. I mean, Gilmore was was outstanding. But that that win was the third in a row in World Cup qualification. It means that a win in the Pharaohs on Tuesday, another in Moldova next month, will guarantee a playoff place for Qatar next year before Denmark even visit in the last game and that's a place we need to yeah. be um, obviously yeah. this week the, the the news was that the um, the Premiership looks like it's going to shut down for five weeks next year November, yeah. December which is um, the, the the really strange thing is the dates didn't really change for the season starting like mm. they're still going to be at the end of July you're imagining the bet Fred's going to be round about the same time so you're talking middle of July onwards Um which I hope are away for him because I'm gonna open that day, hopefully. So anyway. Uh and then Scotland play in the Nations League in September, when I'm looking to go away for my 40th. I can't I can't believe I'm only 40. I, I'm amazed. No, no me neither. Uh, <laughs> uh but then the shutdown's gonna come in uh, the middle of November to the middle of uh, December. Then on the back of it, you're gonna play something like five games in fifteen days, including Christmas Eve and Hug Money, mm-hmm. you know? It's going to be really strange, given that some teams will have nobody there, and it's going to be what yeah. two pre-seasons, something like that.
1: Do you they're going to have a lot of players in Qatar, though, Ron? The way it's going, of course we are. Uh, and we're going to hit, get an extension on the international board as well. <laughs> That's,
0: these are just fucked. So, will Scotland be in Qatar? That's my question to you right now. My answer is,
1: I don't know can. <laughs> we, we will be in the playoffs I'm fairly confident about that but then it's the luck of the draw isn't it or is it even is it seeded in in the playoff draw I have no idea but it's it's going to be the luck of the draw it's possible we've, we've given ourselves a really good chance uh, defend like we did first half last night we've got no chance play like we did in the second half we've got every
0: chance so fingers crossed indeed anything else you want to add on the Scotland game last night?
1: not on the Scotland game, but I'm sure you're going to mention it, Uh, Ilmari Niskanen. Mm -hmm. He's going to be the latest name on the International Honours Board at Tanadice because he came on for the last 12 minutes and actually got a text from my brother the day saying, you boys are actually have been joking about you here today in an international player's report. But Niskanen did come on in the last 12 minutes and he he did come on before other options that were on the bench and he's been put on right wing back because they were chasing the game. So they've obviously thought that he was the better choice, and I was like, "Stop right there, Stevo." Uh, we're no day in the national players report because we'll podcast to be about three years long, so it's no happening. But yeah. well, congratulations to to Emmy. He's going to be on the board. Hopefully, by the time he gets back, I would imagine. Yeah,
0: super. Uh, Dylan Lever wasn't in the Wales team on Friday night. <laughs> he's, 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 he's
1: already on the board. He's part They've of the squad,
0: deal. and Trevor Carson obviously was called up and then missed it through injury. That's the. International roundup for that one. Uh, so, we were talking last week and weeks before about we could maybe just deal maybe another boy up front. We could just maybe deal with a striker. And then rumours started to flare around that um, we were going to be in for somebody, we might sign somebody. And then, out in a place, the name Max Biamu, that's what I'm going for, tell corrected Uh, Has signed until the end of the season 30-year-old striker He left Coventry in the summer And the dreaded subject to international clearance Which should come through a lot, 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 lot quicker I.e. available for this weekend Uh, He has signed that initial contract And uh, will of course celebrate The first Scottish Cup win by United By wearing squad number 94 exactly yeah and it's. Then
1: listen to Benji on that DUTV programme with Ali Heather and Sean Dillon. it's not in the day where It comes for it's because of Ivan Golak lifting that trophy back in the day
0: indeed um, we were short we said that we, were, we thought we were short going into the season then when McNulty going down we were definitely short and well it seems when you do a bit of digging Sparky McNulty Ken's on pretty well and seemed to give him a wee reference for definitely you should come up and here he is
1: yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the guy, uh, albeit I know nothing about him. I had never even heard of him, uh, if I'm being totally honest. But reading some fans' forums, certainly the Coventry fans absolutely rave about him. Uh, but I will, <laughs> I will say the Tranmere fans absolutely raved about Mickey Mellon. Uh, we had one on the podcast raving about him as well over a year ago. So it's going to be a wait and see, but it, hopefully it will be another option and everything that was said by the Coventry fans about him like he gives you everything you know he'll, he'll work his socks off and looking at his record he doesn't look like a prolific goal scorer but the goals have been getting chipped in for a few different areas of the team so far so uh, yeah I, again it's a, it's a wait and see but I'm, I'm really hoping that he gets the clearance through and we can see him through Easter Road next
0: week mm. um, you know, The manager said he's a different profile to what we have at the club compliments our existing forwards uh, and thinks the fans will connect pretty quickly because he brings total commitment to every performance. And like we said, when a team's working really hard, it's a lot easier to take when maybe results didn't go uh, your way for sure. And um, obviously, it was, I think it's one of these things, and I think it's been said a couple of times, but obviously in the same statement, Big T's uh, has said as well, you know, it's selective in the transfer business. And it's paid off so far. And we've said that. We we have to agree. It has paid off so far, certainly what we've seen in this window. Granted, there's a couple of bad eggs over the tenure, uh, but it well outweighs, you know, the w- what's worked and what hasn't it. You know what I mean? Um, definitely.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. And like it's like Asgar gets a lot of criticism, doesn't he? And he certainly did in the summer. But on the sign-ins front, certainly. Uh over the the whole period that he's been there in the main they've been all right, and and that's maybe no being overly generous but like the the ones this year definitely improved the team as well as as well as the manager as well as changing the manager that's improved the team as well because the style is slightly different and it's it's suiting the players a wee bit more as well so eh I'm I'm not dishing out pass marks to Mr. Asgard yet so he's going to hit a hud buck on my season review at some point which I'm sure
0: he's Waiting with bated breath on is that because he's refused to come on the podcast again yet? Has he? Has he refused again? Well, he's he? never said he's coming on yet. He's, he just doesn't want. He's no, doesn't want to deal with the wolves yet, does he? I mean, that's very true. No. No. We'll hand them. We'll chop doors <laughs> until we get him. Does he care? It was you that started that hashtag. I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's good to see the chairman spoke to Abdi Boss yet that's fine his time will come yeah. don't worry his yeah. time speaking, will
1: come speaking of speaking of the daily record again <laughs> I saw the the headline was a bit misleading
0: oh what like,
1: <laughs> yeah like because there was there was absolutely no mention what was it I wouldn't have swapped places with Rangers or Celtic not really what he said he just said that he's more than happy with what United yeah. and he wouldn't have, wouldn't have want to be at any other team in Scotland just now no mention the Rangers or Celtic but yeah there you go because they've got to sell newspapers and probably stir up a wee bit of dislike amongst the Rangers fans towards us even more. They they just get their name thrown in there. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um right, it's time to start myself in, ladies and gentlemen. As we hand over to uh, Mr. McNichol to tell us a bit about the women's team, a bit about the Academy and definitely starting, although he's got off a wee bit lately the day The loan report
1: definitely have gotten off a wee bit lately, uh because there wasn't no, there wasn't no that many games for the guys that are out on loan. So Mark Connolly and Ross Graham at Dunfermline, nae game. Rhys Caves at Airdreonians, Nagam. game. Flynn Duffy at Peterhead, nae game. Nathan Cooney at Elgin, his team did have a game uh, and it was a battle of the Tuchters with Billy Dodd's Highlanders travelled to Elgin in the Challenge Cup. Uh, but there was no place in the squad for Nathan because he was cup-tied because he played for United against stenhouse in earlier rounds. So there was nae game. Kai Fotheringham at Wraith, same deal with him, nae game. He's cup tied, uh, And there was also an article in a newspaper today that I've read, Ron. You might correct me if I'm wrong here, but he's, I think Wraith are saying that he's getting sent back or he's injured. He's, he's He's got an issue with his ankle. It keeps dislocating, but then he pops it back in
0: or Honestly, something like that. I can't believe you're allowing Andrew to do your work for you again. It's, um, it's going to need surgery or something. Or yeah, it's going to need he, something to fix it. Yeah, he's got a persistent ankle injury and John McGlynn... Not John McGinn Uh, John McGinn's confirmed That he'll undergo surgery In the coming weeks And it looks like uh, That'll sideline him Beyond the January expiry Of his loan spell So um, Hopefully he gets Fighting fit And then they can get him out For the last few months Of the season Because it's game time He would have really Sort of, sort of needed But he's already had An operation on that ankle So I think I think well, it's a different entry, one. But, Oh is it the other one yeah. right, okay.
1: It's on the other one yes. Yeah. so he's obviously It's uh, it's an issue for him He's going to get a fix He's got time on his side Right enough mm-hmm. He's 18 But it's bittersweet for me It's uh, I never liked to hear A United player Getting injured at all But it's one less On the loan report Kai So I hope that you heal up real soon buddy But I'm, I'm not Losing any sleep or a name Coming off this report Lennon Walker, Jack Newman and Finn Robson at the Spartans. Last midweek, the Spartans travelled to Airdrie to play Celtic B. Jack started again and there was also a first start for Finn. Lennon was once again on the bench. It was a tight affair for the majority of the match with both teams having chances and Jack making a couple of great saves to keep his side in the game. Lennon has then came on with 15 minutes left and his side have snatched the victory with almost the last kick of the match. A great result for the Spartans and all three United players were on the park at the end of the game when the goal was scored. Another notable achievement was that Jack Newman was voted man of the match for his performance. On to Saturday now and the team were at home and up against Bonnie Rigg Rose. Once again, the impressive Jack Newman was between the sticks and Finn Robson kept his place in the team after impressing in midweek. They would both play the full match and both played well, but it wasn't to be the happiest of days for them as Bonnie Rigg won 2-1 and Lennon and Walker had to make do with a place on the bench for the entire 90. Adam Hutchison at University of Stirling. It was a derby of sorts in midweek as Stirling Uni hosted East Stirlingshire. It was a game in which Adam has played the full 90 minutes, but due to his side squandering a number of more than decent chances on goal, they have come away from the match empty-handed, having lost 2-0 on the night. That has taken them on to Saturday and into a tough game against East Kilbride. It was to be a difficult and busy afternoon for Adam as he played the full match against one of the league's better teams. He's defended manfully and bravely at times, even getting forward and starting a few attacks. But the better team ran out fairly comfortable winners in the end and it finished 3-0 to East Kilbride. Rory Adams at Lothian Thistle Hutchie Vale. Rury also had a midweek fixture to fulfil as Hutchie vale side-hosted Camelon Juniors. Is it Camelon or is it Camelon, Ron? I'm, I'm not sure with that. You're asking the wrong person when it comes to pronunciation. Right. I'm going to say Camelon, and I can all get that completely wrong. In what was a fairly quiet night for him, side ran out 4-1 winners. Nay, clean sheet for the big lad, but three points for his team. In the match, Rury also had to face a penalty, and he did not let it in. Albeit the taker put it wide, but Rury went the right way. Saturday was a different challenge altogether for the team. Away to third place Broxburn. Hutchie have been notoriously slow starters and found themselves two down after 20 minutes. The first goal was like a playground keepy with no one taking control of the ball and it ended up in the net. The second goal, following a pass that split the defence, was slotted past Rury. This seemed to galvanise Hutchie, who scored from a header after the break, and right at the end of the half, it was 2-1. Hutchie started the second half much brighter, an ex-under-18 United trialist, Kemp no idea what that is, made it 2-all with an outrageous free kick up and over the wall and into the top left corner. Broxburn started to apply a bit more pressure, and due to being a big physical team that am not shy of a challenge, they were mixing it up, but another break let Hutchie get a third. It was then all hands to the pumps as Broxburn bombarded the Hutchie goals with Rury making a number of quality saves and picking up a yellow card with a headed challenge outside the box when he may have left a lob on the attacker probably saw that for Big Benji at Parkhead the other week the defence stood for him until the 86th minute when a rocket header from a corner hit the roof of the net Broxburn pushed for the winner and had an opportunity when one of their players got round Rury, but his shot was cleared by a defender the final score was 3 all. it was a game in which Hutchie would have bitten your hand off for a draw pre-match but ended up feeling like two points lost Sean Brown at Cumbernauld Colts Sean has been restored to the starting lineup for his Cumbernauld Colts as they travelled down to Dumbarton to face the Rangers B team. In what was a blistering first half, Sean has played very well and helped his side into a 4 1 halftime lead. Colts were reduced to 10 men early in the second half, but they managed to hold on to their lead for the remainder of the match and headed back up the road with three points and a famous win for them. Sean has managed to play the full 90 minutes on the night, too. After their big midweek win, it was back home to play Bowness United on Saturday. Sean has again started the match and has played a starring role for his side. In what was a hard-fought victory for the Colts, Sean has put in a man-of-the-match display and finished it off perfectly by adding the side's fourth of the day in the last minute as they have recorded their second 4-1 win in a matter of days. There's no Academy in News this week, Rondo. We are on to the women's team.
0: Well, apart from uh, the very oh, dapper-looking 16-year-old oh, right Academy enough, Aaron graduate Donald. Aaron Donald signed his first full-time professional contract at Tandex this week. And I get to mention, purely, we've done a care nothing about him, but he made an effort. I'm like that. He made an effort. That's that's
1: That should be prerequisite. Like When you sign a, a contract, you should be getting the best tin flute out of your wardrobe, if you've even got a tin flute at that age. So fair play to him and his family for yeah. that. Outstanding. Exactly. Wish Good on, on him. That. The women's team. As we are recording this, the ladies have travelled down to Boroughmuir for today's SWPL2 league match, and they'll be hoping to lay down yet another marker in their attempts to win the title. It'll be interesting to see if their new signing, Louisa Balach, makes her debut, as this will probably be one of their tougher games of the season. So good luck to them. And to find out a little bit more about the women's team,
0: we met up with players Tammy Harkin and Danny McGinley. So our guest this week on the podcast, uh, we know United game, uh, Scotland are playing, we thought we'd give the focus to the women's team that Paul follows every week, hiding in the Jaggy Nettles at the RPC. Uh, Tammy Harkin and Danny McGinley are our guests. Uh, Ladies, thanks for giving up some time to uh, speak to us uh, today. Um, I suppose the first thing is, we'll we'll just go right back and and find out, Tammy, you first, How, how did you get started in football?
2: Uh, I was what, eight and I want to say there was an advertisement in the paper for Dundee Rovers who played along at Cape Park Um, and my mum asked me if I wanted to go and I said yeah, go for it and yeah, it just kind of took off from there really played for them for five years and then also played I would play girls football on a Saturday and play boys football on a Sunday never really looked back Mm. totally prefer playing with the boys not going to lie because obviously tougher game faster pace type thing but no, it was really good
0: yeah, yeah, yeah I'm
2: m- 22 years later still playing.
0: You are, yeah, and that's it. What, what, what was it What's it like at that age playing? Like, I mean, you'll not really know any different boys against girls, however. At what point does that change? Do you go to just playing girls football?
2: Uh, I think I got to play until under 13s, 14s with the boys, so I got to play with them for five years, and then after that I wasn't able to play anymore, which I was good about because I was playing standard every week. I could keep up with them. I could play the same way type thing, but... It just kind of was what it was. I couldn't do nothing about it. So, yeah, kind of got more involved in the girls' side then.
0: Mm. But, um,
3: yeah.
0: Uh, Danny, what were you? How did you get started playing this wonderful game?
3: Um, it was actually a flyer in the school. I'm pretty sure me and one of the girls that I went to school with back in the day, she doesn't play anymore, but we seen a flyer in the school and literally her mum was like, right, I'll take these along, and, and that's where it started. And then it just blossomed from there, really. Yeah, and I take that Perth City that I played for then, so stuck there for pretty much my entire youth.
0: Yeah, and I mean, what what else would you guys been doing back then? Would you be going to other sort of getting dragged along to other classes, trying other sports, <laughs> or was it just football that was that took over?
2: I was a dancer at the time, would you believe? Okay. Horrendous. But yeah, I was a dancer at the time. Because my sister went to dance and so my mum took me along. Mm. And then yeah, obviously I got the choice. I had to choose between dancing or football. I was obviously going to choose football.
1: <laughs> what I'm about you, Danny? you, Danny? <laughs> no,
3: I was definitely not a dancer. <laughs> I was always out on my bike and swimming and stuff, but I never really had anything that took up all my time until football. So that mm. was quite nice.
0: And what, and what happens then... It, Kind of that age when you go and play into the the girls' football. Uh, when does it? When, when do you start taking it really seriously? Like, because there has to be a point you're thinking, you know, um, no pro- professional. I suppose is kind of the word. Is that something you you look at, or were you still trying to get through school and pick what you were actually going to do as a career at that time? Yeah, I think oh, it's too. hard for us. Like
3: we yeah. we didn't have that ambition. There was no aspiration. There was. I'm not saying we didn't personally have it but there was nothing to really look up to that wasn't an option at that time so kind of it probably was what people wanted to do but it wasn't actually available whereas now I think if you go back five years like you're in a totally different position where like things have changed completely if you're a young girl now and you want to go the full distance then the means are absolutely there to do it
0: and just for the record that's not my dog squeaking a toy this time (laughs) I was
2: going to say I'm
0: just glad it's no mine for a change taking over <laughs> which is the main thing and uh dogs are encouraged i tell you that much um so yeah like, like you say there Danny it's quite interesting saying that because like you say nowadays where especially especially down south you look at the women's premier league like it's got a sky deal it's it's mm-hmm. everything and do you feel you've you've missed that, or do you do you still enjoy what you're doing now? Given you know you'll have your own career and everything away from the pitch.
3: I don't think we've missed out. I think we've enjoyed what we've had and made do with what we've got, and we still do to this extent. I mean, we we still don't have a lot, an awful lot of funding, an awful lot of backing, but we just we just get on with it, and we don't really have a choice at the moment. So I think being the age that we're at, we probably just need to settle for what we've got and just hope that what we've done and what we've sacrificed kind of goes a long way for the the generations coming through.
0: Mm. And uh, we always like to find out about heroes growing up, players you were watching, players you copied, whether it was at training or on the playground. Tammy, who did you want to be? Or did you style yourself on when you were growing up, maybe? Well,
2: I I don't know what I style myself on because I'm not, I'm not a skillful player. definitely not a skillful player. I can kick a ball. I've got a good left foot on me. That's what I've got for me. Um, but no, growing up it was Ryan Giggs. He was a big one for me. He was yeah a big Man U fan. So growing up I always watched him week in week out, and he was very good. Yeah. Female side I would big. I was big on Kelly Smith. She was a very good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing all the mazes and stuff and scoring plenty of goals in that. Obviously, being a left back, I don't know why I ever. kind of looked up to these players because I never got the
0: opportunity to get forward
2: to get goals. But yep. yeah, no, they were
0: my two. Well, that that was going to be next because we've we've been lucky to have some uh, really good current and former players on that have obviously got uh, a connection with United. And the amount of them, we ask, how did you start in position and where have you ended up as a position? Have you always been a left back?
2: Uh, so no for literally the first 10 years I would have played left back and then I got to a point where I wasn't enjoying it as much because I'm very much we used to switch off a lot playing left back so then I eventually got the opportunity to go and play centre midfield and I just grabbed it with both hands and I don't want to go any further back in the pitch now I just want to keep moving forward <laughs> <It's> not <laughs> like, I'm not a big fan no offence to Danny but striking positions is quite difficult because it's hard to stay focused because you're not getting involved in the game that much if it's not very attacking Mm. Um, so being a centre
0: midfielder yeah I like quite like that position can't mm. complain so, so Danny you're not focused enough for 90 minutes is basically what <laughs> you said <laughs> so uh, how did you end up being a striker then?
3: Um, I've actually always been an attacking player just from the get go I was put in there and I've just always scored goals and I've always enjoyed that part of the game so I think it would have been crazy to change that and I then I got not bad at it so I just keep at it and I'll keep there. I'll stay there as long as I can until I get told otherwise. Like,
0: <laughs> uh, who were your heroes then?
3: Um, I always was a fan of David Beckham, just purely for what he could do with the ball, dead ball, set piece, um, and his runs as well. Like he's just, he's just one of those players. Wayne Rooney as well, like the goals that he's got. But I wouldn't say I idolise anyone in particular. In the female game, probably Julie Fleeton, purely just. Based on all the goals that she has scored and important goals for club and country, so mm. yeah, I think if I was going to pick anybody, probably David Beckham and Julie Fleeton.
0: Yeah, and decent uh, choices. Yeah, I mean they're all right, there. All right, it's better than me and you. On <laughs> was saying to be fair, no. uh, your son's better than me and you. Um, so, Tammy, do you want to take us through your your journey from football and how you ended up at United? Um, it was a long one,
2: um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I started out playing with Dundee Rovers boys team Five years there Whilst I was there I played for Dundee Rangers Dundee Celtic Girls teams um, And then after I could no longer play with the boys I moved on to Dundee United Social Played with them And then went to Dundee West Under Seventeens. So we had a really good team there Really enjoyed that Good, good players there um, And then from there Where did I go? Back to Dundee United Social Women's team and then I took a step back. Personal things took me up north, so I went and moved to Murray Ladies. And then I went away to America for a bit and then I came back and United started up. So here we are. I obviously took a year where I went to Forthur, played there for a couple of months, but then I came back to the United. So yeah, it's been a long one, but it's been a good one.
0: And uh, Danny, going by what I've heard, you've had a few teams.
3: <laughs> I've had a few, but it's not as bad as it people make out. I think in recent years I've been round the block, but for for all my youth, I was at Perth City, so spent pretty much. Well, I say youth, I mean that was only up until about age of fourteen or something. At that point, if you were any good, you actually just got punted on. So I was, and then I went to Tayside Ladies in Dundee. At that point, I don't think they've actually got a team anymore. But went there, and then off to Perth. Played for Gene Field for quite a few years and then um, Forfer and I left Forfer um, sorry actually I never I, said, I think I'm I think I've missed one out now I was at Forfer and then I went to Jean Field and then I left and then I went back to Forfer and then from Forfer I got the opportunity which was kind of a spur of the moment bit of a gamble went off to Hearts for six months um, and yeah it was probably the best decision that I've made in football had some of my best moments so far whilst being at Hearts and then circumstances again just meant that I couldn't stay there so off to United and here I am quite happy now and feel like this is me so hopefully nothing changes
1: mm. and it, it seems to be a well-trodden path of players just now anyway uh, going from Forfar to United uh, <laughs> I mean I, I'm, I've got a soft spot for Forfar because my sister played for them for umpteen years uh, but it was really sad to see them I think it was the first game of the season for for you girls, uh, and they were just dreadful. They were absolutely dreadful. And then I think it was maybe the next day or a couple of days after that, they were basically, they were out of the league. Such a shame because they've been, they've kind of held their own for so long against against a lot of the bigger teams like your Glasgow cities, obviously. They would tend to tend to batter them in games when I was going up to watch them. But they were, for, for a team like Fawford to have been in that top league for so long, I would imagine that, uh, Graham Hart and the people that are running the women's team just now probably look at that as an example to say, well, that's what can be achieved. That's what can be reached if we if we kind of copy a wee bit of what they've done and maybe make it a wee bit better. So what, what was your experience as a playing at Forfa?
3: I think playing at Forfa was it was always a great place to play. I think everyone's got their own personal take on reasons why they've left and, and probably no one would t- give you the honest answer in terms of going back and things like that. But I obviously did it. I left, I went back um, and I wouldn't say there was any, any great deal of issue, but I think it's just one of those ones where you've got to make the best decision for you. And Forfer was always a club, in my opinion, that they, they had all these kind of long serving players who served them so well for so long. And it was always, it was kind of inevitable that it would come to a point where that wasn't there anymore. And, if they didn't have the kind of players coming through, which they do have youth coming through, but I think it's just having that actual, you know, the experience left. And I think they all kind of were ready to go at the same time or players had already left just prior to that. So they were really left with, I mean, the the team that we played, the forfer that we played was essentially an under-17s team and you can't take any credit away from them. They battled for 90 minutes and gave their all, but it just, it wasn't forfer that people know and it was probably the right decision for them at the time and I imagine it was a difficult one but just one that, that had to be made and hopefully they will come back because it, it's good to have competition in the area but I think for now and it is good for United, it's good for other teams in the area. Obviously we profit from their loss, but it's just one of those things it's football and you just got to get on with it. So mm.
0: Yeah. Um how have you how have you seen the it's a we bought no off top of ball for Paul's horrible handwriting but um, how have you seen the women's game change slash develop over the last sort of five or six years then
2: I would say it's just it's a very very popular sport now like you see because there is those pathways like so for for example they've got such a great youth pathway for the girls to come through they always have had that but then it's like you're getting the games on the TV now or you're getting people to kind of get try and get more girls in so like if we play we'll try and get the younger girls to come and watch us play type thing because they kind of look up to us as role models, so that they're like, like, that's where I want to get to, I want to play for that team. Um, But the big big difference, I wouldn't say funding's still not great, obviously, it will take a good few years for that to happen, for it to completely blow up over here, but in terms of participation, the amount of people getting into the schools, what they do with them, getting them from an early age, getting them into, like for our system, United Pathway, bringing them up through the ranks, like... It's such a big thing, like my niece, she plays for the under-9s under United, sorry, under-11s now, but it was such a big thing just for her to come and sign, like they got to go into the actual Tannerdice and sign in the club room, like to sign on the dotted line, they were getting signed for United type thing. It's such a big thing for a young kid to do that, because obviously is a big team in the city, and for them to be able to sign and say, "I'll oh, wear that strip every weekend, it's such a big thing. So just getting, like people being able to get into the schools from a young age, to get them in. come and watch us play it's just it's really really good and it's just there's so much more participation from the female side which I think it's going to just get bigger and bigger Mm.
0: Um, uh, Talking of sort of you guys team then what's a normal week for you guys when do you train what's training like and and the match days and stuff
3: Yeah we train (laughs) I'll go for it Uh, we train Tuesdays and Thursdays at the minute um, and we also have our games on a Sunday so Kind of, yeah, I mean, you're talking three hours training a week and then your match day stuff, the majority of that's spent travelling a lot of the time. So it's It's not as much a commitment as we have done in the past. We've previously trained three nights a week and I think the girls were finding the, the work-life balance quite difficult in terms of we're all working, full, or majority of us are either working or studying full-time and coming into football after your work, is, is it can be quite a lot sometimes. It's You just need that kind of... That balance. So, yeah, we're, we're two nights a week just now and a Sunday, and I think for most of us, it's working. It seems to be, it seems to be fine. And if we're needing to do extra, we can always do extra away from football. So, yeah, it's, it seems to be working.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: getting, it's, it's important to get that balance as well, isn't it? Yeah, you know, like you say, if you're training that third night, if that's affecting work or studying or whatever, like you say, it's know the balance. You then kind of perform as well on a Sunday but then the knock on effect is you're probably no working at your full capacity or studying as well and is that something that's happened recently or is that something that's been implemented for a little while to give you that balance
2: that was more so when Hardy came in uh, we kind of changed to the two nights because he kind of you see the number as well at training because it is such a difficult thing for us with working full time the numbers you wouldn't get decent numbers over the three nights where if you've got the two nights you are getting really good numbers so then we can work on the things we need to to look forward to the Sunday. So it was more so when Harley came in um, that we went back down to the two nights but they're good sessions we get worked hard and stuff so and then like Danny says that the onus is on us if we want to do extra we can easily do that. I know Harty's kind of a way to start putting in things for us out with football for us to do so that we can keep maintaining and keep progressing mm-hmm. um, but yeah just Ever since Harry
0: came in that we went back down. Yeah. We'll we'll touch on that in a in a second. Um before we get to that and the changes, last season disappointed in the end of how it finished? I would
2: say gutted in the way that the last game finished, definitely. But I would rather go up winning the league than going up getting promoted in that way. Mm-hmm. Because you've actually worked and you to you like you've earned the win. So you've earned the promotion to get there. So Fair play, like yeah, we could have that. We probably should have won that last game of the season against Partick. Uh, that last minute goal from them, I'll hold my hands up to that one. Like from post, I should have done better with it. I'm still annoyed with myself to this day. But yeah, no, um, is the, not. I wouldn't say it's a difficult one to take because, like I said, I'd rather we earn the promotion. We work hard. We work hard, and we win all the games we can this season to get promoted. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Can I say that there's one thing that uh, that I always notice with with the women's game is that the majority of games, as far as I can see, certainly, are played on artificial pitches. Now, how do you guys, sorry girls, feel about that? Uh, Because thinking uh, thinking about it from like a Dundee United men's perspective, as a fan, United fans tend to hate when the the team had to play on artificial pitches because for one reason or another, they were stinking. They rarely got a bloody result on an artificial pitch. (laughs) but it's like you, you have to play on it almost on a weekly basis. So are you used to it? Do you mind it? Or is it just something that you, you would prefer to be on grass? Tommy,
2: I would say it's something that I had to get used to because being a defender what, back in my younger days, um, I used to love a side tackle. Whereas um, now playing, like I had to adjust playing on the artificial pitch because I'm sorry, I'm not getting a carpet on. <laughs> I'm just <gonna laughs> <play that. laughs> But no, yeah, it's something you get used to. I do still miss the grass pitches and I always will miss them. Um, but no, yeah, I'd say it's difficult for us now to transition if we go play against a team that plays on a grass pitch. It's now difficult for us to transition back to that because it's a different side of play. The yeah. pitch of the surface is different. It also depends on the weather and things. So, But no, yeah, you get used to it. And they are. De- you know what? You can't complain, they're decent pitches. You're always going to guarantee get guaranteed a good pitch to play on,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, obviously, through the winter especially as well.
1: They're not yeah. going to get water log, they're not going to get bumps and stuff, so yeah. In theory, you shouldn't. And, and how does
3: it affect your <laughs> game, Danny? Nah, I mean, I think majority of the time, the last kind of five years anyway, has always been AstroTurf and I think we're training on it every week, we're playing on it every week almost, there's give or take a game on grass here or there, but I just think we just, we've just we just got used to it and I, I don't even think a lot of the girls would be able to cope with grass every week, if I'm being honest. I think it would take us quite a lot of time to adapt to going mm-hmm. to grass now.
1: Tammy wouldn't have copped. She'd be slight tackling, I'd
3: yeah. <laughs> But I think the <laughs> younger girls, they've just never had grass. There's, it's never been there for them. So they're, they're just, all they know is astroturf. And I don't know if it's better or worse, but like Tammy said, you, you know what you're getting with it. And generally it's, it's the same across the board. So
0: Yeah. And maybe again, coming through, you know, you know that new schools coming up, they've all got an AstroTurf sort of built onto them now as well. Do you notice any subtle differences between pitches? Like, we would always argue that Livingston and Hamilton's pitches look terrible compared to like a really new 4G pitch. Do you, is there any kind of noticeable differences in the league or from training and then playing at the RPC or anything?
3: I would say, like, being up at Hearts when I spent my time there, like, the Orium surface and that is incredible. Like, it's a very good. Uh, it's a very good turf surface, it's built for rugby and football and it's just a, a different, it's got a different makeup compared to the likes of the RPC and places like that where they're probably just a cheaper version in my opinion um, and they're not as nice, you, I mean you can you can do slide tackles and stuff at the Orium and you're not going to come out in a hundred pieces but just stuff like that, it, I think Yeah, it, again it comes down to money and I think the RPC probably missed a trick when they built that with the indoor problem and the outdoor kind of option with a it's an absolute wind trap but it's just one of those things and they've probably not planned that as best they could with the money that they actually invested in it
0: yeah hmm. yeah. I like the smile on Tammy's face and you said about sliding tackles <laughs> and you'd be totally fine um, so you had a change of manager in the summer uh, Gavin Beath went out Graham Hart came in you've obviously mentioned the subtle differences he's made in training, has he made any big changes to on on or off the park so far?
2: For Harry I would say he's very very attacking minded so you'll see with the teams that we kind of put
0: out on a weekly basis we
2: are very more attacking and he's wanting us to get up and press and high and stuff and get up into his faces and that. Gareth wanted us to do the same, I think Harry's just more persistent with what he's kind of encouraging us to do and that's probably one of the differences but the personnel we're pretty much in such the same we've obviously brought in a couple of players and things like that but the personnel's much in such the same so it's just kind of adapting to how Hardy wants us to play which like I said he's wanting us to be more attacking hence why we're coming up the bat and getting two three goals in the first ten minutes obviously not happen on Sunday but because you're on
1: the plane what's that what can I say <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but no yeah it He's just wanting us to be higher up, get in teams' faces, don't give them time on the ball. Just to... Yeah, because he's an attacking player himself. When he played, he was an attacking player himself. So he's all for he attacking...
0: I can't imagine. <laughs> he's having a laugh if <laughs> he's telling he's you guys. He's telling you there, Like, come on. Yeah, he's at it. He's it's like me it telling right. you I was yeah. a centre forward back in the day. Come I on. Blaze yourself. Uh, Hanging about oh, yeah, the six yard yeah. <laughs> box. <laughs> um, so, would he Would he start him playing things right away in pre season type thing? Just this is his way of playing. And obviously, and like you say, it's, is it harder because you've only got those two nights to, to do it for a Sunday? It's just a more gradual process.
3: I think Harry, he came in and like obviously because he was already at the club, like everybody knew him, and because he wasn't the the head coach at that point, I think he had a bit of that joker about him, and he still does to a certain extent. He's got he's a good laugh and he's a good guy, and he's got a good kind of way about him. But I think he has changed, and he he has kind of brought in a bit more professionalism. And I think he had to because he needed to kind of get our respect and see like I actually am in charge here, and you just need to. Kind of listen up and and do what I'm asking you to do because you need that I suppose. But he has come in and it's it's difficult because I think everybody was quite surprised when Gav left. But things don't feel for me as if they've changed an awful lot. I think because Hartley was already there, it's been pretty smooth transition and it's. It's one that I think worked pretty well and you can see it's not really affected the team that much happening so close to the start of the season and I think that's probably the main thing for us is just kind of business as usual and and get on with things.
0: Yeah, and it was probably important for him given he was involved was to keep as many of the squad kind of together given there was that work because you only, you didn't lose or add too many did you in terms of numbers? Four or five Um, I think were added was it? That's pretty normal though isn't it? It's not a massive turnover.
3: No, yeah, I think I in the crossover between between Gavin and and Graham, I think there was probably like five new sign-ins, a um, couple from Forfar, and then Rachel coming from St Johnston as well. So um, yeah, it was. It, I think all the girls have slot in perfectly and they seem to all fit into the style that we're playing and I, it's still just a case of, you know, see where the season takes us, but just important that we keep on beating and try and score some
1: goals yeah and Tammy yeah, anybody received a text for Gavin Beath about maybe joining <laughs> him
0: elsewhere <laughs> you, you don't have to answer that question. just put your hand up touching Abdi up poaching <laughs> Abdi come on um, uh, Tammy how's how's the start of the season went so far how do you how, how are you after the first few games
2: uh, we've actually started I would say we've started well um, obviously you see the game like against Kelly and that we came up twice against them we've scored what two three goals in the first ten minutes I think that's been good for us because then it allows you to settle into the game, to then relax and then try and also just play and get them moving and stuff and keep possession of the ball. We never obviously make it easier for ourselves. Why would we? That's just that would just make too much sense. But again, it's good that we can kind of we can last the night and we can make teams work hard and make them work for if they're going to get a point against us, for instance, or if they're not going to get anything against us. Like yeah, we might let them think they're coming back into the game, but then we'll just go up the pitch and get another goal. Um, But no, yeah, we've we've started well. We can, we've not definitely not hit top gear, no, nowhere near it yet. We've played some good football in spells, but we can still do a lot, a lot, lot more, Mm. definitely.
0: Uh, Who's the biggest challengers for you this season, Danny? Who's going to be up competing with you for that promotion spot?
3: I think it's a difficult one. I'm interested to see what Burramur bring to the table because they've had a few interesting results kind of, in the, the cup group stages and, and whatnot. But we, uh, we've we got them next up. I think Glasgow showed on Sunday that they're happy to give us a fight and put that in there. I think we definitely didn't hit our top performance on Sunday and should have won that game comfortably on another day. But it's just one of these things where kind of if 11 girls are not having their best game, it's not going to be easy. So I think them... Uh, and obviously Kilmarnock as well Kilmarnock have got a good side and they have shown us that they've got the ability to, to bounce back from quite being 3-0 down at that point so I think it's it's difficult it's a, it's a league where genuinely we say it all the time but anybody can beat anyone on the day um, you've always got to turn up and you've always got to give your best so I would say maybe those three are probably going to be the ones that might look to take some points off us um, I think across the board we're probably pretty comfortable in the other fixtures but Anything can happen.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned as a stri- as a striker, sorry, Rondo, uh, as a striker, Danny. Do you have a target that you've set yourself goals wise this season? Because 50, I, I'm expecting 60, goals galore. I'm 7-8. expecting goals galore for you. Do you have a number?
3: I don't have a number. I would. I was kind of hoping that I was maybe going to notch. In most games, I've already screwed that up on Sunday. But <laughs> I, I wouldn't set that as a target because then I end up putting unnecessary pressure on myself. But I just I just try and score as many as I can. i if, if I'm a striker, I should be in the right positions. And there's probably no reason I've already scored goals in this league in the past, so there's no reason that I, I can't go on and score goals. But if you're looking for a figure, then probably minimum 20 is what I'm aiming for this season. Um, anything more Same. than that is a bonus.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, you, you mentioned sort of Tommy. You touched on like the the academy program and that, and there has been academy graduates made their debut this season as well. as came through. It was. Clara Lane I think come through how how important is that for you know and there was some there was another one last season but it just shows the progress is there you know if you if you buckle down you, you do well you'll get a chance
2: no definitely like when we train they're training at the same time as us so they can kind of look up to it they can kind of look to us and be like alright okay I want to get there one day and any like you say obviously Hartley going. go and have a look at them when they're playing and stuff and see, because if we're maybe needing players here and there or some of them are standing out and they're doing really, really well, they're going to get that chance and it's a good thing that they are because then that's obviously, that's where they want to get to. So giving them a chance, if they're good enough, then why not? Because then they'll keep working hard and they'll keep aspiring because then obviously we want players to filter through. We don't. Yeah, it's good that we can bring players from elsewhere, but if we've got good players on the home soil, then why not take them, take them and bring them into our squad from there? hmm
1: and, um, has anyone put a protective arm around uh, these girls when they come up to the to the big team? it
0: has got to go on a 50-50, oh, sink or swim. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and no, they're definitely welcomed in, but yeah, it's like obviously it's a different scenario. Come in training with us would be different to what a game is like obviously the teams mm. that we play against are very physical and they may yeah. not be used to that. So it's just a case of, look, if you get knocked down, you get up again and you keep going. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so yeah you can be protective in a way but at the same time we just need to learn how the women's game is yeah spoken done. for somebody that two foot tackles the newbies in the training you can just tell <laughs> um, listen there must be some difference playing at the RPC one week and then playing down at Rugby Park the second week eh? that must have been I mean that's it's quite cool surroundings isn't it you know what I mean to go and play in, in an actual stadium if you like
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's always pretty nice when you get that stadium surrounding, and I think it's probably just wasted on us because we don't get the crowds in and we're not getting that actual atmosphere that you would naturally get with a stadium, but I think the whole setting of it is nice, and if we can get the crowds to come forward, and I think, like of tonight, Hibs v Hearts have sold 6,000 tickets already, so that's going to be an experience for those players if those if the people turn up and... I think that's the environment that everybody wants. But realistically, we're playing in pretty much empty stadiums. So as much as it's nice to be in that environment, it's probably a bit of a shame that, you know, it is it is empty and we're not getting the, the fans cheering us on.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's absolutely no way you're going to get 6,000 doing in the bushes and nettles at BC. <laughs> I could tell you that right now. If would be looking to get 600, that would be a, a bit cramped. But, I mean, is there a, has there ever been any talk? I know that there's there's apparently talk of moving away from there to a different venue, but what, what about playing at Tannadice a couple of games? I know it's a grass pitch and we've already spoke about the fact that you're more accustomed to artificial surfaces these days, but would that not be something to look forward to if we could get a couple of games at Tannadice for you?
3: I think it's already been explored. I think, uh, certainly in recent weeks, I think graham has been, been at the chair to... You know, go and push for a fixture on the grass, but you know what it's like. There's obviously differences between the club and the community trust, and they've got to kind of come together and work towards that. So I think the questions have been asked, and it's just about trying to arrange that now. So mm-hmm. it's it's definitely something that we would get a little bit excited about because if anybody would, and it's it's obviously nice to to feel wanted and to feel a part of what's going on. We obviously train on the the GA just across the road and it's kind of so close and like so last week Thursday night there was a a game on and just even hearing that in the background whilst you're training it's just there's just something about it you just get that kind of football feel if if you want for a better phrase but um yeah it it would be nice to to be at Tannadice and hopefully again open the doors and get a few people through the gates.
1: I would even get Ronnie dragged down. in. And for you could be the match, the announcer, as you, you normally are, Rondo. You
0: I thought, I the thought team Paul was beating with. the booking agent there. Ken, what was going on? I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get them to get I thought he He's about to what go. Here's what I've got for <laughs> you now. <laughs> no,
1: unfortunately not. One daft question of mine's, Uh squad numbers. Did you pick your own squad numbers? And if so, why is the Star Striker number six?
3: Uh, I, don't, I don't understand. It goes that. a long way back. It goes back to my youth days. I've just it goes back to me and Robin, she was always nine and I was always six and it just, it just became a thing and every time, we kind of, we've always pretty much played at the same club, give or take a season or two and it's just, it's just always been a thing, it's always stuck and I don't know, it's, that's pretty much the only reason, there's not really anything else to it but it's my favourite number has been for all my playing career and that's pretty much why, so I was keen to get it off Jade, she wouldn't give me it last season, but I've managed to persuade her this year. So.
1: <laughs> and what would be number 20 for you then, Tammy?
3: Uh, well, I
2: was actually always number three, that was my favourite number, but when I left United and came back, Bex McMillan wouldn't give me it back, so I'm like, hey, mm. I've been in stuff yet. So number <laughs> 20 is actually, that's my wife's birthday, so I just took that number, I thought I'll take that nice one. one. So it's got a nice bit one. of sentimental value so I wouldn't actually go back to three now, because I'm cute like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm assuming you know the hopes and aspirations for the season Scott to get promotion you've mentioned how tough it'll be but we know it'll happen so that's fine but next season when we go up um, how difficult do you feel the step it'll be given you've already played Hibs this season and either you can jump in and take take that (laughs)
3: it's definitely not going to be easy I think going back to what Tammy touched on earlier about getting promotion last season I think it probably wasn't the right time for us We've got a pretty young and new squad that are all still trying to kind of get a hold of each other in a way and trying to work out what's best for everyone. But I suppose going forward, it's obviously what we are hoping to achieve this season. So if if we do it, then we're going to need to just step up and kind of just... It's going to be difficult. There's no, there's no kind of beating about the bush, and there has been teams in the past that have gone up and got absolutely battered. But we don't want to be one of those teams. We want to go up and we want to compete. And if you look at Aberdeen, they're thriving pretty well so far in that league. So probably aim to be in and around somewhere like that. But yeah, it's definitely not going to be easy.
1: Yeah. So do you got you have uh, the Spartans coming up as well in the cup, being up So that that'll be yeah, another that test, that I suppose. Mm-hmm. That'll be another test for Farias, but yeah, to, to your point, it, it wouldn't be easy. But I think in that league, you've now got Celtic, Rangers, Glasgow City, and Hibs. Obviously, I think they're probably the big four. Uh, but then I, th- I think there's a place to be had there. I think you can you can definitely challenge with the rest. I think that they're they're probably, in my opinion, anyway. You, you'll know more about it than me, but I think that they'll probably finish top four this year. Uh, and then the other teams will just fight out for the best of the rest. But obviously, you, you're going to win the league this season, so you will be there next season. I've already guaranteed the listeners that's happening. And I mean, it's the
3: game. You're talking, we've gone ahead, and then we've literally scored all Hibs goals for them, basically. We've, we've made it so easy for them in that game, and I think on another night, I mean, that was on a grass pitch. I don't know whether that affected us or not, but on another night, a bit better defending probably not going to be that score line, probably not going to be such a difficult one. But mm-hmm. once you lose kind of five, you're probably then just going to lose more.
1: Mm-hmm. You, you had a, a goal that game that you didn't get and I was in line with it and it was not an offside. Um, uh, I and the linesman actually told me to shut my puss because I was on at him about him and uh, <laughs> he just, he wasn't having it. I was like, that was never off, mate. And you, like, you, you might remember him, he looked like he was about 83 years old. <laughs> Shouldn't have been running the line that night, but you got done out of goal that night anyway, yeah. Danny.
0: You know. how, how did you feel a difference in standard given they were a league above you or or again has it just come down to on another night we might have won the game
3: I don't know if we would have won the game on another night I'm waiting on Tammy to talk here she's no talking but you are doing so well don't
0: <laughs> yeah, she, was, she was probably to blame for four of the goals so we'll move on <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I don't think we would have won the game. I think we could have given them a better contest, and I think we definitely kind of let ourselves down in terms of defending on the evening. But it was still early, kind of early doors in terms of the new faces coming in and trying out new systems and formations. So it was a bit of a free hit for us. We probably weren't expecting to get anything from that game, and when we went one 0 up, we probably did get a bit of a shock ourselves. But it's something that we need to, to work harder at and make sure that we're not kinda giving it so easy to teams, especially if they're in the league above us, they're they're not gonna make things easy for us. So hmm.
0: uh Tommy, I seen on the, the Facebook page today, you're and this is getting recorded before you, you run the London Marathon on uh, Sunday Is is, isn't it? Um Well, you
2: want a funny story about
0: that? Oh go on then.
2: So I asked Lee
0: to do this a couple
2: of weeks ago when I wasn't actually injured. Now I'm injured, I'm not actually
0: running it. Oh, but okay. my other half, she's still running it. So I say spit it up. Okay. So I'm gonna go be a cheerleader. I'm still going down and I'll be a cheerleader, but well, I'm not getting to do it. What anymore. what I wanted to ask was how how is that training run alongside oh I didn't even mean that. Uh, your actual um <laughs> your your marathon training go along the football training. How how difficult has that been?
2: Very difficult to be honest. Um, trying obviously to train for the marathon and also playing football. It's just because I need my body to be good for a Sunday. So it's then when do I fit in these runs? So it's like sometimes I was doing running on, a, like I'd run on training days and stuff like that, just because I'm going to be running that night anyway. So I might as well just do both. But I found that no, I found it very very difficult. I think if I was to do it again, which I'm also glad that I'm missing it. So I'll, I do want to do one. Um, I think I would try and do it in the off season because yeah, training for both has just been an absolute nightmare. Yeah,
1: I've done
2: not done the training I would have wanted to do. So
1: how far do you have to run to train for a marathon? Then I mean, dare say you don't have to run twenty six miles every time you're going. Just to no, 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 They
2: say that so what they want you to build up to is to if you can, see if you can get to like 18, 20 miles, then you'll be able to do the marathon. How oh, I don't okay. know, but, but yeah, <laughs> you've still got another 6.2 to go. It's a long, long I can, yeah. um uh, Yeah, So they say you need to get up to there, but it's just it's just been very, very difficult. Yeah. When obviously COVID was a thing, towards the start of the year, I was able to train no bother. Hmm. But when the season kind of kicked off and we started kind of picking up, then it was very, very, very difficult. Yeah.
0: You mentioned yeah. you were injured. What happened and what, when are you expected back? Eh... <laughs> uh,
2: I'm totally blaming Meg Burns for this one. Disaster. Um, <laughs> was it? It was just a training last Tuesday. I went for the ball and she's went for it. She's planted her foot and I've planted mine, mines, but I've planted mine on top of hers and just rolled my ankle. So I've got a high ankle sprain. It's either grade two or three. So I've got, I um, should be up for maybe, it could be anywhere from six, it could be six to 12 weeks, depending on how my rehab's going. But my rehab's going really, really well. So I'm absolutely gutted, like, but I was saying obviously in the physio last night, I'm gutted because it's the start of the season, I was just getting into the swing of things, i was enjoying football and stuff, and obviously I'm more so gutted because it's in, it, in training. If you're going to get injured, get injured in a game, make it look good in a game, in um, But yeah, I suppose it could have been worse, it could have been halfway through the season and I'm missing like two, three months of football. So and then now I can get it out of the way. Hopefully. The aim is to try and get back for the Spartans game. That is the aim. Even just to get 10 ten, fifteen minutes then. That's the aim. Yeah. Um, but even still that's kinda that's hopeful. Yeah.
0: yeah. So so with you being injured, how how does how does your react work? Do you then just go to training and, and work with the physio then while watching the girls playing or training so, or or do you do stuff throughout the week to try and help yourself?
2: so yeah so obviously training nights I'll go see Mark the physio and stuff Um, one of my pals he actually works at the gym near me Uh, he's a physio as well so I'm actually he's been really good with me and he's told me to come in every day with him so I'm actually getting to go in every day with him and do rehab with him so I'm pushing it on and progressing a lot quicker than what I probably would have done because I totally as soon once it happened I was okay but then maybe like a couple days later I totally hit a dip my motivation just went because as it does when you get injured You're gutted, you're frustrated, you're just like, what's the point type thing. But having him and being able to go there every day and work with a physio and then obviously getting Mark on the training nights and stuff, like it's really good for me because it's keeping me motivated because now it is like I need to focus on trying to keep my fitness up as best I can and then also let's get back as soon as I can.
0: Yeah. yeah, and let's say at least you've, you've got that target in mind as well, being a big game like that which is, uh, we wish you all the best <laughs> for that uh, Right, before we finish off uh, we like some quick fire questions that are a little bit different, you can basically stitch up somebody in the team, we're quite happy with that um, and again if it's yourself as the answer, you just need to take one for the team and admit it's you Alright? Uh, Tammy, I'll ask you first, biggest moaner on the team Cassie Kilper all day long, Danny McGinley
2: gives her a good Cassie
0: Cooper all day long my dates that she won <laughs> are you, you going to back that Danny or have you got anything I'm to defend yourself
3: I'm spot on I would give myself number two but Cassie Cassie wins that one <laughs> <laughs> he's um, so
1: bad
0: do, <laughs> I've heard her
1: swear quite a lot through the sidelines. yes uh, uh, a lot
2: Could <laughs> you imagine her uh, on training when there's no referee
1: <laughs> 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 uh, are there any superstitions that you have on a match day?
2: Uh, I always need to put on my left sock and my left foot first and I'll do three knees to chest just before the ball kicks off bizarre Mm. I know but I always have done
0: (laughs) (laughs) did you know you'd done that like did you know you'd done that or has somebody pointed out to you that's what you've done (laughs)
2: Uh, nah I don't know why I don't know why I ever started doing it but I did and then I've just never stopped and now I can't stop doing it I just need to do it you never know maybe it does help I don't know Mm.
0: Robinism, mm. but. <laughs> okay
1: and what about you Danny
3: no absolutely nothing just get
1: <laughs> show
0: up score goals go him pretty much perfect <laughs> um, favourite thing to do away from football Tommy
2: favourite thing to do no I actually enjoy playing tennis i
0: any, a big tennis any bro. good
2: um, not bad not bad competitive not bad Yes, but I also I do enjoy just rallying rather than playing games because yeah. if I play a game I might get beat and I don't enjoy that banner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about you, Danny?
3: Um, probably spend most of my time away from football walking the dog or going for a wee hike somewhere or so. Yeah. yeah,
0: great outdoors.
1: That's it. Like and that. a bit uh, favourite pre-match meal:
2: pasta of some sort. I like a good sa- maybe some salmon pasta.
1: Can't go wrong
2: with
3: that. Half posh. Aye, I'm going go for the breakfast rather than the lunch, but I'm going for ex Benedict or something similar.
0: Half posh. <laughs> Jeez, <beep. That's laughs> no, no, the answer's always What is going on here? All <laughs> we normally get is pasta, apart from Big Benji, who had about a six-course meal, but <laughs> it's Benedict on a match day. I'm a lot. Tammy, what teammate would you not want to get in a fight with?
2: Probably can't take her again because she just doesn't shut up. <laughs> she just won't. She'll just keep going and going and going and going. So if you're fighting with her, there's no point. You might as well walk away. <laughs> there's just no
3: point. And hey,
0: what about you, Danny? You can say know. Tammy if you like. i has
3: got a side about her. I think she could be quite, quite a fighter. So I'm going to go for Rachel Todd.
1: Okay. I wouldn't like to on side of her. <laughs> uh, the favourite game that you've both played in. And it doesn't have to be for United.
3: It's an easy one for me. My favourite game was the the league winning game at Hearts, playing on Tynecastle, scoring a couple of goals. Definitely my biggest achievement to date, I think.
1: Have to be, until the end of this season, of course.
3: Well, <laughs> fingers crossed.
2: And
1: what about yourself, Tammy?
3: I know I'm trying to think. Uh, I
2: would say probably under-17s, Dundee West. We were in the Scottish Cup semi-finals and we scored the winning goal in the last minute.
0: So yeah. So we've got to the final. Yeah. Oh unbelievable seeds. Unbelievable. <laughs> Class. Uh Tammy, very simply. Brown sauce or ketchup. Ketchup all day long. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't
2: believe what, that's you gonna you're gonna tell me you're gonna say Who even uh, eats
0: brown sauce? Brown sauce every day of the week. And it's gotta be and it's gotta be at the fridge. Oh,
2: who put sauce
0: in it? No, you don't think it in no. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie no. does. That, that's the answer to your question. Ronnie does. <laughs> Brune sauce, fried eggs, a lot. Yeah. doesn't no matter. Brune sauce goes to yeah. anywhere. I'm not hearing any other way. Pertinent like. uh, questions keep coming here. They so, do. <laughs> what is your
1: order at the chip shop? The uh, chip shop? What would I get? Well, Don't
2: ever go, but what would I get for the what did I get in my younger days I used to get a smoked sausage and butter
1: that's what I used to like oh tasty Tidy. it is
2: very tasty to be yeah. fair not had it
1: in years but I would happily have one and Danny butter eggs Benedict
3: <laughs> uh, well if that was an option then absolutely <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that's what you'd get. Uh, they're not they're not up to that standard so just a fish supper for me of oh, course so the curry sauce on the side probably
0: uh, a bit of I'm sauce on it in you'll inches. be fine do right, so you say it,
3: curry it,
0: sauce it, on the it, side you're good for me curry sauce on fish every day of the week
3: Absolutely. Who, who are
2: you people?
0: <laughs> normal. We're normal, Tammy. We're yeah. normal people.
2: You're saying,
1: you're saying, you people, it's Ronnie, okay? I don't know. I don't oh, Ronnie, with
0: Ronnie? That. Listen, you know, Ronnie's a weirdo. <laughs> me and Danny are eating fish suppers with curry sauce. We'll be all right in life. No sure to be you too. I mean... <laughs>
3: Come the French
0: on. sauce will stay in the fridge, though. So. Of course it does. Come on. <laughs> it doesn't
2: even go in the fridge. It goes in the cupboard. Nah, behave yourself. Come
0: on. That's like, that, that's for the same animal that says they don't put chocolate in the fridge. Now, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Move <Come> on.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: telling you, that's where it lives. Because it'll just melt <laughs> otherwise. So it goes in the fridge, right? <laughs> it
3: doesn't melt if you eat it quick enough.
0: Well it's somebody's exactly. it, for somebody it's too hard and it takes a wee bit longer. So anyway. Uh well I think we're getting the answer to this. Tommy, favorite animal?
2: Dog, yeah, all day long. Of
0: course. Every day of the week. Danny, same. Come on.
3: Yeah, probably dog, but I do have cats as well. So I'm a little bit on the on the fence.
0: Oh, fair enough. Fair enough.
1: Dogs still win though, so I'm mm. happy with that. Yeah, I would say. So. Usually. Usually. And last question. What do you both hope to achieve at United?
3: promotion yeah
2: easy promotion just get up to the top league and start competing up yeah
0: so thanks very much to uh, Tammy and to Danny for uh, giving up their time to talk to us uh, the week before last I think it was and uh, we wish Tammy all the best in getting back from injury and if only the two of them came out to keep their sauce and their chocolate and all that they'd have been in fine athletic forum just like me. But best luck today uh, to the women's team. Uh, five players from the club's 1983 Championship winning squad have accepted an invitation by Dundee United Supporters Foundation to become honorary members. You can also join Paul Hegarty, John Riley, John Holt, Hamish McAlpine and Morris Malpass along with fellow Arabs uh, by going to dusf.scot forward slash pledge Subscriptions start at £10 per month for adults, two fifty for juniors If you require any information you can find out more at the website You can email via there as well, check out their social medias and you could be united and join the foundation uh, Would you believe the United Futures Lottery Jackpot has not been won again Paul? It's still £2,000 up for grabs in the next draw. Uh, You can sign up, get the details, unitedlorry.co.uk and remember all the proceeds go to support our academy. So, I'm just going to be honest with you, right? Games or goals is probably going to disappear soon because I am getting pumped. Absolutely pumped Right now I'm four points behind Paul's up again today. Five points up For grabs I mean it's, it's 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 going to be over Pretty soon I think We need We need some suggestions For a, a better game then Well I've kind of got A couple of ideas Similar to yeah, but,
1: but Games are Goals Was one of your ideas And
0: it's uh, been like a, a lead balloon So <laughs> <laughs> was who am I So I might just Bring someone back Similar and call it Guess who Actually <laughs> I'll tell you what we'll do. On, on this day, there's a couple of birthdays, we'll do it in a guess who type, who am I type, and we'll see how it goes, right? Just just bear with. Alright? Okay. I'm currently eating some Swedish fish. Sorry for being so unprofessional right now. So, five points up for grabs. You just need a match of five players to hear the amount of games they played or the goals they scored. For everyone you get correct, you get a point, the only resource allowed is the Arab Archive. Depends that they're the... De- Notepads, set. Colour You going for the day, Paul. Is that any of the pens that's got the fancy colours on it? Black. Black. Keep them black. Standard. Okay. So, <laughs> here's your players. Jim McIntyre. Jimmy McIntyre. Mark. Mark Perry. Richard mm-hmm. Goff. Oh. Yeah. Robbie Winters
1: and he done that funny celebration when he scored And Scott Robertson Scotty Robertson mm. A big D
0: Scott Robertson Are you okay. ready numbers. for your numbers? Numbers 37
1: mm-hmm.
0: 42 43, 126, and 159. Oh, okay. So, do you want to run me through the players again?
1: Jim McIntyre, yep. Mark Perry, mm-hmm. Richard Goff, mm-hmm. Robbie Winters, mm-hmm. Scott the D Robertson. And your numbers? 37, 42, 43, 126,
0: and 159. Right, you've got zero to five there, so let's move on. So that's, uh, that's Jesus. good. Jesus. <laughs> still, still four point lead. Right, what are you thinking? Any jumping away? Anything you think I could dive on a bit of that? I know that is correct. That's, that's a, a tough one to Look take. on your faces. No. I'm buying by four points, man. Geezer, break. No,
1: here, this is that's it's good. Pumped I'm, here. I'm appreciating that it's a tough end. Right, right. Scott Robertson no danger he scored all that many goals he did play a lot of games right okay <laughs> Jim McIntyre he must have scored he must have scored about 40 odd goals
0: there Ron mind when he come out on the pitch start of the class. season that, that was
1: worth a hat trick itself <laughs> was amazing it? It so I hope his totals have been adjusted <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim McIntyre right Mark Perry with the
0: gum shield Mm-hmm. He was there for years. Who is right, who? Okay. Who do you remember him partnering at centre half the most? I remember him as a right back,
1: <laughs> more than a centre half. Couldn't play that, but anyway. Right, has Got to be. It's got to be goals. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. So. I, I, I've took three guesses, but I'm left with Jim McIntyre and Robbie Winters, and 42 and 43. So there's 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 no going to be there's no going to be much. Uh
0: it gives up the poly here anyway because I've been well pumped. It doesn't matter what you get the but go on then. Right, okay. let's go. Let's have a go. He's right. your first in? Right,
1: Jim McIntyre. I'm going for 42 goals. I'm going to say Robbie scored there. Okay next Robbie Winner's 43 goals okay Richard Goff 37 because I don't know. I think he played a lot of games but he must have been more than that so that's a lot of goals though so for a defender what well, about Bill Kirkwood uh, but he wasn't a defender he was a holding midfielder uh, what does that leave me with Mark Perry yep a one-five-nine. yep and the D. Robertson, 126. All right. So. A big fat
0: zero. Mark <laughs> Perry scored four goals. He mm. played 159 times. Tick. <sighs> Robbie Winters played 149 times. He scored forty two ah. times. Jim McIntyre okay. <laughs> played one hundred and sixty-four times. Wow. He scored just, or it might have been impressive, forty-three times. That, that's that's an impressive amount. Uh, Scott Robertson scored 12 times in 126 appearances oh, and God. Richard Gough uh, scored 37 times in 256 appearances 256, Christ, mm. that's that's a
1: power of goals for his position
0: uh, Oh well, Royally three five. Batman, Seven points behind now, Jesus Three out of
1: fifth, I like when it's that close because then it's literally luck <laughs> no half
0: no half <laughs> uh, don't forget you sign up for our newsletter using a link in our bio um, we don't uh, we don't claim to send one out every single week even every fortnight but you can sign up You might get some wee nuggets Wee early news And stuff like that on there So do check it out And of course Thank you very much For supporting the podcast uh, We're buying some of our merch And all that kind of stuff Dodefoxpodcast.com Right Final bit of the day On this day In association With the Arab Archive uh, Preserving the history Of Dundee United Football Club Since 2006 uh, 11th of October Is our focus today Just the one game But I've got four uh, Signings No of no I've got four birthdays Sorry Four birthdays and one game. Uh, the first game's two thousand seven, right? It was a four for Share Cup first round. It was played in a Thursday afternoon as uh, goalkeeping coach Scott Thompson's return from retirement was limited to a place on the bench as Ewan McLean was given leave of absence from Scotland under 21s. The back four consisted of youth players Fraser Milligan, Paul McGrath, Gordon Pope, and first teamer Stuart Duff at left back. In midfield Johnny Russell played wide right, Stephen Robb getting further match practice wide left, Mark Kerr partnered Ryan McCord in central midfield, and uh, up front John Daly partnered David Goodwillie, and it was a goal by David Goodwillie midway through the second half, which is enough to earn a, uh, the win for a mix of youth and reserve players at the passage in the second round of the Forthshire Cup at Sundrench, Tanadice. I'm assuming it was named he was there because there was no crowd on it when I was reading into it, um, but I still wonder when we're playing the final the Forest Cup for a few years ago it's mm. still not around.
1: That, no that, that's the most lax cup that's ever been in existence in world football is it we'll, nah, we'll just get rid of that eventually
0: it's, it's unbelievable uh, right birthdays then and uh, we'll start with a couple who are closer to your age then we'll do two that are closer to mine Alright, that's a wee clue for you And we'll do it in Sorry. a bit of a guess who style Right, not quite Has he wearing glasses? Has he got a bow tie on? But just purely because Martin called it guess who Every Monday morning And infuriated with Beth Because we called it who are we. So I'll give you a couple of bits You tell us who the player is Right hmm. not always be easy But it's a bit of fun Signed On November the 1st, 1996 He made 84 appearances He loved pocket and right wingers, and he's 54 the day.
1: 96. Tommy McLean. He loved pocket and right wingers. Mm -hmm. Pedersen. Correct. 54 a day. The cult hero. Happy birthday, Eric. Indeed. Check your emails.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, several have been sent. (laughs) Uh, Right. Defender. Signed on July 24th, 1995. Made 129 appearances, scored six goals. His big mates with Andy Webster and he turns 48 today. Bresley. Correct. That yep. was Bresley. Right. <clears throat> Signed July 11th, 2019. Made 11 appearances after signing a three-year deal on the back of a short trial. He's 26 today. Okay. Correct.
1: Jesus, I love <laughs> too many. We've discussed that before. Way too many.
0: Final one then. Current squad member, absolute legend of a man, 37 appearances so far, and we would all love to have him on a Jim McLean contract. Happy appearances. 24th birthday today. Future Ballon d'Or winner. Dejondo Fuchs.
1: John Doe folks, what a man! <laughs> yeah, give that man two hundred pound a week for the next twenty years, please.
0: <laughs> we'll make him stay. We about a ten grand win bonus, or whatever it was. <laughs> um One thing we 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 didn't mention: we don't want to get too too involved uh, in it. But uh, it was good to see United have put the statement out saying they've done their investigation on the alleged racial abuse towards Jondo and have attempted to identify the person or persons responsible. Uh, has been passed to the SPFL and Police Scotland. And the club await any further update on that. So it's uh, it's good to see it's something that is pushing ahead. I think it's 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 not something we can sweep under the carpet. I think it's something that is something's been held, something's been said. Uh we need to really look into it. So it's good that the club have also corresponded that, that they have done that as well. Um on sale yet, by the way.
1: Hip are purchased if your name's Paul McNichol. Yeah. Uh, oh. I'll s- I'll be
0: there. I can't remember when they went on sale. They went back on sale back end of the week or so they, I think it might have been. I've no idea. Thursday. It, it was. Thursday? Sorry, it was the fifth. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, You're looking forward to it. You are indeed uh, heading through. Um. Mm-hmm. On a train. Thirty quid's <laughs> a norm as well, isn't it? Tangerine Express. <laughs> <Don't laughs> yeah. There's a squad, that we're heading through. Yeah, that'll be. Uh, that'll be good fun. Um, obviously. Uh, I'll not be there because I'm on a stag do next week mm-hmm. so it's a later podcast recording as well um, let's be honest they're a bit of a bogey team are the high B's for sure and mm. uh, we got that draw last when Bolton scored right to the death you know And but we've seen enough I have to say we've seen enough in the Hibs game at Tanadice to we can cause problems we just kind of give away 3-0 leads
1: yeah, then that was an unfortunate one though like the first goal was poor for the keeper second goal was scored by a, a man that should have been here in a shower and the third goal was never a penalty so I think we're a wee bit closer to them than we were that's my belief anyway than we were last season uh, so I'm going through there with a wee bit of hope it's going to be a tough game though of course it is uh, just need to get wired in about the boy the devs at the time Mm. again he's not the best football player in the world but his pace is frightening keep tabs on him and hopefully the boy Dodge that we'll love to let it score against with isn't, a, isn't a fit and it's a job's a good one. we'll go with three points I mean it's just, just
0: that easy is it the boy Porteous is out easy. so they might actually have a decent centre half to be fair so. they might uh, <laughs> Mr Rush himself <laughs> so uh, yeah Hibs away Easter Road last time we were all there was probably the Cup replay yeah. yeah. Uh, with an outstanding goal for Shankland that night but again didn't get close to the big man and he, he, he kind of punished us so hopefully we can uh, turn it a little bit for that but if you are heading through to have a, a fantastic one uh, how do you think we'll get on uh, a bit of our bogey team Hibs away let us know on social media we are at Doad Fox Podcast do have a great week stay safe and don't forget as always wash your hands and your mm. arsehole